every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this, the latest edition of the Made for Missions podcast. I am so excited to be here with you. I am Mike Falkenstein, and uh, so glad that you're here with us today. And unfortunately for all of us, I'm actually flying solo today. My regular co-host, Ken Watmore, had something come up and uh, he was not available. So I am going to have to do this without him, which I think I can do. On the other hand, uh, Ken always adds that witty banner that we also have come to love. And so anyway, on this episode of the podcast, what I thought I would do is introduce everyone to what we're calling the First Steps to Great Commission Fulfillment Training. And this training is something that I want to start to do uh, quite a bit, actually. And the Background to the training, if you've been listening to the podcast, some of this may be very, very familiar, but you know, a couple of years ago, I did a postcard campaign for our China Resource Center ministry, where we were trying to partner churches in the U.S. with ch churches in rural China, the idea being that we wanted to create this, what we were calling a heart-to-heart -heart sister church partnership, and as I sent out the postcards and began to follow up with these phone calls, I was just so shocked and so surprised. I mean, it must have been probably something along the lines of eight out of 10 churches that we came across with were neither doing any local or international missions. And uh, of course, it caused me to go, be able to go back and say, okay, either what I understand about the Great Commission is is in error or, you know, the the Bible really is true and it really it is a command for all of us. And so, so that started me off on my own personal website here at MikeFalkenstein.com. It also then has really actually changed the very nature of China Resource Center to the point where we've actually, um, we're actually in the process of changing the name of the ministry, changing the, the mission statement to include wording something like this, right? We exist to mobilize Christians towards Great Commission fulfillment. And because I think that that really is the key to finishing the task of the Great Commission, you know, allowing people to know what the Great Commission is, what it means to them, and some first steps, and that's what we call it, the first steps training, the first steps to Great Commission fulfillment. So in that process, we begin by, in this training, which by the way, I think by the time this airs on the internet, the next day, which will be May 11th, I'm doing this very seminar, two-hour seminar here in Denver where we live, and it's really the first of what I hope would be not only many seminar sessions, but opportunities to speak at churches, to speak at 
conferences, to speak at men's retreats. You know, this is a message I think that God has clearly put on my heart. And uh, so I'm very, very excited. And I thought I'd give you all sort of the very first sort of taste of this training. So we begin by asking the question, in your understanding of Scripture, what is the Great Commission? And of course, you know, when we do this training, we get a whole different sort of a, very, a wide range of answers. If I were to answer that question, I would say that the command of the Great Commission is God's plan for building his church through the preaching of the gospel, the making of disciples, the confirmation of disciples through baptism, and the ongoing teaching of disciples. And that really comes from the, the passages that we, that we see that make up what we would consider to be the Great Commission, right? So we look at Mark 16, 15, where Jesus said, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. At Matthew 28, 19 and 20, that famous verse, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I am with you to the end of the age. And then finally, the, the final one, which we all know about in Acts 1.8, literally the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, when he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we now take that verse to mean sort of that uh, Jesus is calling us to be his witnesses in our local area, in our uh, state, in our country, and around the world. And uh, we, we have a part to play in all four of those areas. And so as we try to understand what is the Great Commission, there's a, there's a term that we need to define at first, right? Because especially in the Matthew 28 passage, he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Well, what is that process of making disciples? What is that really? Really, a, a, a discipling others is the process by which a Christian with the life worth reproducing commits himself over an extended period of time to a few individuals who have been won to Christ, right? The purpose being to aid and guide their growth to maturity and equip them to reproduce themselves in a third spiritual generation. And so there are a couple of key things in my kind of nerdy uh, <laughs> definition of disciple making. Obviously, the first part is we as Christians need a life worth reproducing before we can reproduce it into others, right? You want to make sure that you have a life that's worth reproducing. The second thing is that there are there are converts that we need first. And so you'll hear me say kind of kind of this on both sides. On one hand, the call of the Great Commission is not only a call to make converts, but to make disciples. On the other hand, you need people who have been won to Christ to be to then be able to disciple them. And then finally, as we're as we're seeing them grow in their in their maturity uh, in the in the Lord, we want them to be able to reproduce themselves in a third spiritual generation. And so we see through the through scripture that the Great Commission is a command for all of us. And uh, whenever I do this training, I always want to camp on this just for just a bit. And the reason for that, that I want to just kind of camp on it for a little bit, is that, you know, people will make some 
objections to the idea that the Great Commission is a command for all Christians. And so I like to camp on it for just a little bit, just to make sure that, you know, we've kind of talked through that. So here's why I like to camp on it. Number one, obviously, you know, the, you know, if any commands and or promises that we see in Scripture are commands and or promises for us, right, if we can claim any commands or any any promises in Scripture, and, you know, we have to, number one, we have to take them all. We can't pick and choose which commands we actually obey and which ones we don't. Um, you know, these, this, a lot of times people will say, well, these were just commands for those who were there uh, that Jesus was actually speaking to. You know, we, we can't pick and choose which ones, you know, we obey and which ones we don't. And then secondly, throughout Scripture, we see that following, living for, sharing Christ, this is the very definition of the Christian life, right? And so, and then finally, throughout Christianity's history, those who have studied God's Word have taken the Great Commission's command to apply to all of us, right? So, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you've heard some of these, but, you know, things like uh, J. Hudson Taylor, the first real Western missionary to go to the inland provinces of China, who said, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed, right? Oswald Smith, the, the Canadian pastor of the late, uh, oh, the early 19, the first half of the, the 1900s, actually, who said, any church that is not seriously involved in helping the Great Commission, helping fulfill the Great Commission, has forfeited its biblical right to exist, right? So, and you know, those of you that have, those of you that have been listening to the podcast, of course, you know that when we do an interview episode, uh, which we're just getting ready to do next to another one, actually next week, you know that each time I interview people, I have three questions that I like to ask, ask them. The first of the three, what we call the made for missions questions is, given the passages of scripture that address the Great Commission, do you believe that the Great Commission is a command that Jesus gives to all Christians? So, you know, the, the responses that we've gotten from that one question, which, by the way, I ask the same questions over and over again, because, you know, if they're, we're looking for a variety of answers, which would then give us a fullness of the total, to, of the totality of their answers. And again and again, I mean, Chuck Lawless with the Southeastern Seminary in uh, Wake Forest, uh, North Carolina said, the repetition and urgency of his words, meaning of Jesus's words, both suggest that there is something really significant going on here. Jesus gave this command to a bunch of nobodies to go to take the gospel to all nations. And that command stands for us today. Todd Wagner, which, you know, you guys have been hearing from me more and more about Watermark Church in Dallas, Texas, said, absolutely, the Great Commission is a normative command given to all Christians who are serious about their faith. And then finally, Justin D. Long, missionary researcher for 25 years with Act Beyond, you know, so we're kind of hitting all the different areas here. He says, the Great Commission is just as applicable to us as other commands we see through Scripture. So, you know, especially what we see given what uh, Jesus actually tells us. So like uh, John fourteen fifteen, I think about in particular, where he says, if you love me, you will follow my commands, right? You will obey my commands. And so certainly it seems like, the Great Commission is a command for all of us, 
and it's something that we all need to obey. So let me go ahead and take a little break right here and uh, let our friend Tom Muller say a few words to us. We're always thankful for Tom, and he's a local uh, radio friend of ours here. And then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about why make such a big deal about the Great Commission, right? Why make such a big deal about making sure everyone knows that it's a command for us all? So we will be right back and uh, look forward to having you all back here in a minute. Hi, I'm Tom Moeller. There may be many of you who are confused about China and the most effective ways of Christian engagement. Mike Falkenstein has written this book for you. There is much confusion and many questions persist about China. Does persecution exist? Can Christians in China worship freely? Is it still necessary to smuggle Bibles? Being outside of China, how can I most effectively pray for and engage in God's work in China? Are China's unregistered churches able to worship freely? Many people are confused by these questions and issues. China is like a huge puzzle with many pieces and moving parts. It's hard to identify all that's happening today in China. In his book, The Chinese Puzzle, Mike gives you the other pieces for a much clearer picture of China and her church. To get your copy today, contact Mike at Mike at ChinaResourceCenter.org for pricing and shipping options. Contact Mike today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming back with us. And here in the second half of the this episode of the Made for Missions podcast, what I'd love to do is uh, actually hopefully the, the break that we got to hear Tom Muller allowed you to sort of ponder some of this just a little, kind of sit on the idea that maybe the Great Commission is a command for all of us, for me and you and all who call Jesus Lord and Savior. But I get a lot of questions about this, and the question inevitably is something along these lines, right? Mike, why is this so important, right? Why is this such a big deal? And there's a couple reasons why I think it's a pretty good, pretty big deal. Number one is that people who are disciples of Jesus obey his command, right? Uh, I'm sorry, obey his commands. And so, you know, if, you un if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you obey, and if you're not compelled to obey, you may need to go back and, and look at your, you know, the commitments that you've made to Jesus. Paul, the Apostle Paul even talks about this, right? In 2 Corinthians 13, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail to meet the test. I hope that you will find out that we have not failed the test. So the Apostle Paul even went back and examined himself and and see if he was in the faith and to see that if make sure that he had really accepted the Lord Jesus. And so, you know, we're not talking necessarily about a this is not a losing salvation issue necessarily, as much as it is just a look at your relationship and the commitments that you've made to Jesus. You know, recently I was in my uh, middle school, I have one middle schooler out of my three kids and in the middle school classroom when we when we did uh, kind of the parent teacher conferences there was a little poster on the wall and the poster said something along these lines what you do shows who you are and i was just kind of 
blown away. I had to go home and find that same poster on the internet. And I mean, it, there's so much truth in that, not just on this topic, but topic, but you know, kind of our lives, right? What you do shows who you are. And at least in this case, that's very, very true, right? Our, if you are a disciple of Jesus, it will show at least in part by the way that you obey the commands that Jesus gives us. Now, there's a lot of other ways that you see that, right? The way that you love others, the way that you act in a way of integrity, you know, you stand strong, you, you, you stand up against injustice. I mean, there's a lot of other things, but as it relates to this, what you do in your obedience to Jesus shows who you are. And that's where I think this this passage of Paul is so telling, right? He's even saying, examine yourself. How did you accept Jesus? What was that like? And, you know, I think as my friend Chuck Lawless even said, when we interviewed him, he said, so many people, they forget what it was like when they first accepted Jesus, that, you know, that, that thrill and that, that, that feeling of relief of, of the sin being lifted off. And a lot of times I think in this obeying the great commission to make disciples, to preach the gospel, we just need to go back to those times and go, yeah, you know what? I mean, Jesus saved me from certain death, eternal separation from him. Oh, man, that, you know, I, you know, uh, as Ken and I often say, I mean, it's almost like having the cure for cancer and you have to keep it to yourself, right? I mean, we've got something that people so desperately need. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we know the other passages I have here in, in uh, Matthew. Again, Jesus says, every good tree bears good fruit, a bad tree bears bad fruit, a bad tree can't bear good fruit, a good fruit tree can't bear bad fruit. And so you just look at your life and you look at the fruit that you're bearing and you can tell uh, what, you know, what's going on there. So, so number two, the reason that we just kind of, we kind of, we kind of hammer this home a little bit is... After 2,000 years, I mean, we Christians now have been around for over now, over probably over 2,000 years or about 2,000 years. You know, this job, it seems to me, should already be done. And the, the, the idea that we still have thousands of people groups around the world, some 40% of the, uh, the, the Earth's population that still hasn't heard the good news of uh, Jesus Christ is incredible to me. And, you know, after all of this time, it seems like, you know, that this job should be done. Now, I will say this as a follow-up to what I, what I said before about how I really felt like God called me into mobilizing Christians towards the Great Commission, right? I do think that far too many people... I'm sorry, far too many church leaders make a deal with their people and they say something like this. You just give us some money to keep the lights on, pay salary. We won't ask much of you. And together we'll say that God is, uh, that we're doing all that God has called us to do. And that's just not good enough. That's certainly not a scriptural principle, right? The idea that eight out of 10 churches that I would contact about a, a project, you know, are not doing any local or international outreach at all. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot I could say about that, and I won't, other than sometimes it seems like these churches are more like, you know, social clubs 
you know, Christian social clubs and they are really bodies of believers that the ecclesia of these bodies of believers who are who are determined to obey the Great Commission and make disciples of all nations. So so my admonition to you today is that if you're listening today, I would just ask each of you to pray whether God may want you involved in some way. Here's the thing that a lot of people say to me in response to that, which is, you know, Mike, a number one, I don't feel like called. I don't feel called to go overseas. I kind of like living here. <laughs> I'm not. There's no. There's no urge to even maybe go overseas. Number two, you may be asking. You know, I don't even know where to start. And so, in the training that we do, we get to the first steps to Great Commission fulfillment. And this is where the first steps actually come in, right? Because I think actually Jesus gives us the answer to where do I start in the Great Commandment. So you remember the Great Commandment in Matthew 22, Jesus says to the, ans- the answer to the Pharisees, which he says, you know, teacher, which is the greatest commandment of the law? Number one, you shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so actually in the Greek, in this whole thing of uh, where Jesus says, and the second is like it, it, it really is. And the second is just in, just as important as the first. In fact, they're really kind of co-commandments, co-great commandments, if you will. And so I think Jesus actually gives us the answer, right? Love your neighbor as yourself. And obviously, if you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you know, Ken and I have kind of gone to some extraordinary links to talk about what we were, what we've been calling the engage 13 process of making a map of your, of your neighborhood, finding out how many houses you can actually begin to name. Okay. It's uh, John and Jody Davis that lives here. Uh, it's Sally and Ben that live here. And then you go even farther and you say, all right, I know that Ben is a lawyer. He likes to water ski on the weekends. And you know, you try to go as far as you can and figure and and try to name everything that you can, list everything that you can about your neighbors. And I think that's the first problem that we have as it relates to eight out of 10 churches aren't doing anything. You know, so many of us don't even know our neighbors. And Jesus, again, gives us a commandment. In fact, he calls, we we call this one the great commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. And so just doing a good job of actually loving your neighbor is the first step. And then uh, as we had, you know, my friend Dudley Callison who came on and was interviewed and talked about these six steps to building a bridge, a bridge of friendship strong enough to carry the weight of the gospel. It is the easy, I mean, it's so, it's so fantastic. I'm so glad that the Lord has led in this way because uh, what I'll do in the show notes, by the way, of this episode is post some of that content. And so you can go back and listen to those episodes as well. But, you know, it's just stuff like, Begin getting to know their names as you're outside in your front yard. Just begin asking them their story. Um, And as you get to know their story, then that gives you something to begin to pray for them. And before you know it, you know, you can do a barbecue in the summer. In fact, we're just getting into the summer season. And, you know, over time, then they are going to ask you your question 
And I know for me and for my co-host, Ken, and for most of us listening, the uh, we can't go very far in our stories without mentioning our faith, right? So that's the, that's the good news behind that is then they're actually asking us about our faith. And then at that point, you know, we're kind of off to the races. And then some of them may want to come to a church service. Some of them, you might have a number of people that go, yeah, I, I kind of know something about this Jesus, but I don't know much. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, I'd be open to maybe you could have a little uh, Bible study in your neighborhood or, you know, so anyway, so that's really the first steps is as you understand the Great Commission, it is a command to obey. You know, you might not feel like you're being called to overseas. Now, now some of you may right? As you begin to pray, God, I, I know I'm supposed to obey the Great Commission. I don't know where to start. I don't know which, how you want me to use me. I don't feel like I have all that much in terms of anything to, to add. You know, I'm not a, a, a trained linguist. I don't know much about other cultures. I barely even know how to share my testimony. It's interesting, though, once you open yourself up to just praying and just saying, God, it's all you. This is all you. I'm open to do whatever it is that you want me to do. It's just surprising what he does sometimes, right? I mean, whoever thought that a big Anglo-American guy like me would ever be used to reach several hundred thousand Chinese with the gospel through our rural Bible distribution projects. I mean, believe me, y'all, if you knew me, you'd think, wow. There really is a God, and he really can be used, uh, or he really does want to use us, because if he's using me, he can certainly use you, okay? So anyway, so that's the basis for the first steps to Great Commission Fulfillment Training. If there's anyone listening who wants me to come and do this seminar, I would love to do it. Either the, you know, the, the, there's a, an hour and a half to two hour version, which includes a interaction with the audience. There's a, you know, I've just taken 25 minutes to do this one. There is a sermon level, sermon uh, sized one. Other groups, I'd love to come. And uh, I think what you'll find if you're a church leader is that, boy, once people in your congregation understand that the Great Commission is a, a command for them, um, it gives you something to be able to, yeah, let's, uh, as a church, let's pray about that. And how does he want each of us individually to be involved? How does he want you know, us as a church to be involved? And so I think what you'll find is that God, yeah, God could really do something cool. And sometimes it just takes someone from sort of outside of the church to come in to, you know, to be the first one to kind of get the ball rolling. And I would love to be that person to get the ball rolling. So get in touch with me through my website, MikeFalkenstein.com, and I would love to just come and uh, serve you all in that way. So thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad that you're here listening to the podcast. Of course, I'm at Twitter at uh, Missions Mike. My co-host, Ken Watmore, is at Ken Watmore, which his last name is literally what and more. Ken, W-H-A-T-M-O-R-E. And of course, my uh, website, MikeFalkenstein.com. We're so thankful for the opportunity to minister to you all in this way. And uh, hopefully we are mobilizing you towards the Great Commission fulfillment. Because again, if he can use me, he definitely can use you. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll look forward to having you with us on the next episode of the Made for Missions podcast. Podcast.